Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we are going to be doing a college basketball episode. It's going to be kind of a two-parter. We are going to recap the weekend that was in college basketball for DFS purposes, and then we're going to talk about tonight's four-game slate that is available on DraftKings. So, uh, if you're into college basketball, play daily fantasy sports, you are in the right spot because this is going to be a very daily fantasy-oriented college basketball podcast. Now, this week is going to be a little bit weird. College basketball is not going to have a super whole lot going on this week, but you know we're going to have coverage when we can get you coverage. I'm also going to be going out of town later on in the week, so you will likely only see episodes from me Monday and Tuesday, and then maybe one on Friday if I'm able to uh, release another episode. But for the rest of the week, we are going to have coverage on college football with bowl season going on, and we're going to have coverage of the NFL with, you know, everybody making the playoff push, fantasy playoffs going on. It's a real important time in the NFL, so we are going to have NFL episodes this week also. Now, if you are interested in seeing my full DFS picks, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks, and also make sure you're following me on Twitter for some stats and facts that I don't always get to during the podcast, at Mike's Money Picks. All right, so... Let's go ahead and talk some college basketball, y'all. So we're going to start off by recapping this last weekend and how everything went for DFS purposes, and then we'll talk about tonight's games. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So this past weekend in college basketball, we had a lot of ranked teams in action, a lot of unranked teams in action as well, but a lot of really good matchups on Saturday, and so... You know, I feel like those Saturday slates kind of get lost a little bit because they're on the weekend, and then by Monday, everybody's talking about another sport. So I definitely want to talk about some of those Saturday games here today. So that way, you know, we got some takeaways. Next time this team is in action, you know, we'll know what it's looking like. We'll know who to target. We'll know who not to target. So to start by recapping the weekend, let's start with one of the very first games on Saturday, Indiana at Kansas. So Trace Jackson Davis is definitely still Indiana's best player but he continues to not have great performances against quality competition. He kind of beats up on lesser opponents as opposed to, you know, shining when the lights are bright and shining in big games. And also for Indiana, J1 Hood Shafino was back from injury, which was very good news for anybody who played him on DraftKings. He had a really good fantasy day, and he had a really crappy shooting day. So you got to figure as time goes by and he gets healthier and healthier, that shooting day will kind of clear up and he'll continue to have good fantasy performances. But he ended up being pretty much a bargain at 50 200 hours on DraftKings on Saturday. On the Kansas side of things, Kevin McCullough and Dewan Harris are kind of the two most um, distributing guards they have, I would say. Grady Dick is more of a scorer, um, but McCullough and Harris are not depending on scoring to be fantasy relevant. Those two guys are going to be two guys that you can plug into your lineups night in and night out, and they're going to have a relatively high floor because they do things other than score the basketball. Now, looking at another game, Damari Monsanto for Wake Forest returned from a coach's suspension that we didn't really get much details about. However, he did come off the bench in that one, and he had 22 points. So he's going to be a name to look out for as Wake Forest starts conference play now that he is back into the lineup. Um, his price was like really cheap on Saturday if you were able to you know, figure out that he was playing and get him in there. So I think he's definitely going to be a value play to look at because Wake Forest plays at a pretty high tempo. They keep a pretty short rotation, and now that he is back, he's going to be a factor in that offense. Gonzaga is a team that is now keeping their rotation very tight. They pretty much just played seven guys 
um, and then with a few other minutes sprinkled in on Saturday against Alabama. And it wasn't a slow game by any means either. It had 190 total points scored. So even in a fast up-tempo game, Gonzaga's only playing seven guys, which is good news for those seven guys for fantasy purposes. It makes it real easy to figure out who to target, and you know that your guys are going to be out there for 30-plus minutes a night. Now, Drew Timmy was incredible in this one. He's going to continue to be above $10,000 on DraftKings on a nightly basis, and he's absolutely deserved it. Uh, in my opinion, he's up there with Zach Eady in terms of guys that you can play night in and night out, just knowing that they've got an incredibly high floor and they're an incredibly safe option to play. Now, for Alabama, a lot to me, the Alabama side of things was more intriguing on this one. Uh, Brandon Miller has a super high fantasy ceiling. Like, he just kind of... He's a young guy, he's a freshman, and he just keeps getting better. And he really scored the ball well in this one. He also has the potential to be a better rebounder and assist guy than he was in this one. And so I think that you're looking at a guy who has a super high ceiling. And once they start SEC play, I think that he's going to be a guy to look out for night in and night out. I also think Alabama had a really high stock up for Jaden Bradley, another freshman who scored the ball really well in this one and also contributed in other ways. So I think that those two freshmen, you know, as the season goes on, they're going to get more experienced, they're going to get better, and that Alabama team is going to be one that we can really target in daily fantasy on a nightly basis because they play at a high tempo and they keep that rotation pretty short. Speaking of keeping that rotation pretty short, Javon Quinterly is not playable in daily fantasy right now. We have seen him over the last two seasons be pretty much more or less Alabama's starting point guard and do that role really well, but he just recently has not done much at all. He's coming off the bench. He's not playing very much minutes and he's not doing a whole lot while he's out there. So I think it may be time to wait and see on a jelly fam jaw <laughs> as they call him. So um, just some guy, just a guy that I'm not going to be putting in my lineups until I can see him start to turn it around. Now, another guy for Alabama that I do want to talk about is Noah Clowney. Noah Clowney is going to have a super high floor in fantasy because of rebounding. He's one of the best rebounders in the country. And, you know, he kind of takes away a little bit of rebounds from Brandon Miller. But if you play Noah Clowney, you're going to be guaranteed like eight or nine rebounds. And so you're guaranteed a pretty good floor out of him. Now, another situation to monitor is not injury related, but Isaac Lightly for Ohio State is going to be out for personal reasons. Um, for indefinitely, it says everywhere I can find. So, you know, wish him all the best with whatever he's going through. But it definitely opens up a situation for us in fantasy that we can take advantage of. Bruce Thornton and Sean McNeil seem to be the biggest beneficiaries in terms of increased minutes on Saturday against North Carolina because of likely being out. Uh, but Bryce Sensiball seemed to be the guy that got the most shot attempts. <laughs> like he was the one that kind of took away, you know, where likely shot attempts would be going. He saw a lot of offense on Saturday. Now, so that means that those three guys are going to be the beneficiaries until likely comes back. And is, if they stay at an affordable price on DraftKings, they're definitely guys you can plug and play with a high floor and a high ceiling on a nightly basis. I am still holding out hope for Tanner Holden off the bench for Ohio State. He was outstanding last year for Wright State, you know, carried Wright State to the NCAA tournament, and they won one of the um, playing games basically because of Tanner Holden. And he's just, I, don't, I think he's a better player than Ohio State's giving him credit for right now. He looked good off the bench in this one. He played 16 minutes. And I think if, you know, he works his way into the rotation, he's going to be a guy that you can turn to as a value play because I don't think people know about him. And I don't think that um, he's going to see a price increase anytime soon because he's not producing enough to warrant a price increase just yet. But like I said, I'm holding out hope that he's going to carve himself out a role on this team. 
Now, on the other side in that game, UNC is incredibly starting five heavy. They played a game in overtime, and like none of their bench guys played over 15 minutes. It was kind of incredible. So that starting five are going to be five guys that you can just pretty much plug and play on a nightly basis and know that you're going to get 30 minutes out of them, know that you're going to get production out of them. Caleb Love and RJ Davis were great in this one. Armando Baycott was a little bit quiet. I think that pretty much when you look at Carolina, they're either going to have a guards game or a bigs game. There's never really a game where both Love and Davis go off and then also Baycott and Nance go off. Like It's either just going to be one of the two the guards or the bigs. And what's weird is that the guards seem to be kind of paired together and the bigs seem to be kind of paired together, right? Like when Nance does well, Baycott does well. It's not, you know, a situation where when Nance plays really well, Baycott doesn't because Nance takes all the shots. Like, no, that's not how it really works for them. It's really weird. Um, so I definitely think when you play Carolina guys, try to identify whether or not it's going to be a game where they can take advantage at the guard spots or take advantage at the big spots. For Tennessee, Oliver Nakamwa is seeing his stock go way up. I hope I pronounced that correctly. He had 16-5-4 against Arizona, which is pretty solid stat line. And Tennessee's been really hard to figure out offensively this season. They're not a very high-scoring team. So if Nakamwa can give them that offensive punch, that'll definitely help them out in the long run. Zakai Ziegler came off the bench against Arizona, but he still did his thing. Um, he's going to be their point guard like night in, night out. He's a pretty solid option in fantasy. Now, late night, Saturday night, this one might have gotten lost, um, but the Dayton Flyers, they have injuries to their starting guards right now, Malachi Smith and Kobe Elvis, which leads for the point guard role to be freshman Mongolian Mike Sharavjomps, as they call him. Um, and so he had a really good night, and then their bigs, Deron Holmes and Tumani Kamara, were great as well. Deron Holmes is going to be a guy that should be priced in the 9,000s on DraftKings. He contributes in ways more than scoring. And with the point guards out, their offense is going to run through him in the post. And so he's a guy that when Dayton comes up on the slate, Deron Holmes is a guy to look out for. Now on Sunday, the one team I want to talk about is Texas. So as the Chris Beard situation goes on, which is just terrible for everybody involved, um, they're kind of starting to find the new identity with their team. And it looks like it's going to be the Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen show like it was last year with those two guys having the basketball in their hands and creating and being the two primary shooters. And it just looks like those two guys are going to be the two most consistent fantasy options. Tyrese Hunter will be another consistent contributor because he doesn't have to score the basketball to be a good contributor. But it looks like in terms of scoring, it's going to be Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen for the foreseeable future. All right, that does it for the weekend that was. Now let's head on over to talking about this Monday's four-game slate on DraftKings, but let's take a quick breather first. So with this Monday's four-game slate, it looks like it's going to be very mid-major heavy. Like we've got a lot of mid-majors in this one, and it's going to be a lot of guys that um, people don't know, people aren't aware of. And so by listening to this podcast, by listening to these names, you're going to be ahead of most of your competition in this one just by listening here. So uh, in the four games, to me, the one to target is going to be South Dakota State at Oral Roberts. They are the highest over under by 13 points of the whole slate. It's 159. The second highest total on the slate is Charleston at Coastal Carolina with 146. Now, what's also unique about this slate is it doesn't look like we're going to have any blowouts. All four games have a point spread of under 10 points. The biggest one, going back to it, Oral Roberts is favored by 10 against South Dakota State. So um, we've got four close games that feature 
some decent basketball teams. So let's go ahead and let's start talking about the guards. So for the high-priced guards, Max Asmus, yes, it's pronounced Asmus, even though it's spelled Abmus. Um, I, you can blame the German language for that. <laughs> anyway, Asmus has been the most consistent fantasy producer on the slate. He's been that way at Oral Roberts for the last three seasons. I have no problem paying up for him on this slate. He might be first in price, but he's actually fifth in usage. But because he is so efficient and he is such a good scorer and assist guy, um, it doesn't matter how high his usage is. He's going to be a great play. Oral Roberts is also the fastest tempo team on the slate, according to Ken Palm. And they also have the highest implied team total on the slate, according to the over-under and the point spread. So Acemas is just a great fantasy option. Uh, have no problem paying up for him. He's going to be popular, but it's going to be popular for a good reason. Now, Zeke Mayo of South Dakota State has back-to-back -back 40 fantasy points performances, and he has a tempo up game against Oral Roberts. So what that means when I say tempo up is that Oral Roberts plays with a faster tempo than South Dakota State. So Oral Roberts is going to bring them to their pace. So South Dakota State's going to get more possessions, more um, fantasy points for everybody when you get more possessions. So I think Zeke Mayo is definitely an option if you are game stacking. Just between the two of them, I would rather have Acemas than Mayo. But if you're going to game stack South Dakota State and Oral Roberts, if you think that one goes crazy with the points, then yes, Zeke Mayo is a guy you want on your team. Now, Daryl Banks III of St. Bonaventure has played over 34 minutes in every game this season. So he's a guy that you're guaranteed to be on the floor pretty much the entire game. St. Bonaventure, like the past two years, they've been like super crazy with how much they play their starters. It's kind of wild. Like it's a wonder they even make it to the end of the season with those starters playing 38 minutes a night. But anyway, um, I think he's going to be a solid option because of how many minutes he plays. But when you look at his game log, I think he's overpriced. He's only been over four times value at this current price once this season. And that means that pretty much you want four times value out of every guy you put in your lineup. So why would I play a guy who's only hit that value once the entire season? I just, I think he's overpriced, but I think he is a solid option. Now, Jamaru Brown of Coastal Carolina is the highest on the slate in usage, and he has been great when his team gets to 70 points. When his team gets to 70 points, he averages 35.6 fantasy points per game. His team is implied 70 points tonight. To me, the biggest wild card of this slate is going to be Aaron Estrada of Hofstra. Now, he missed the last game Hofstra played due to injury, but from everything I can find on Twitter, on the internet, he was a game-time decision for that game, and it was eight days ago. So me thinking logically here, if, if he was a game-time decision eight days ago, that probably means he's going to play tonight. So I think he plays, and I think he's a must-start if he plays. In all honesty, if there was no injury concern, he should be priced up there with Max Acemas because he is just a really, really solid fantasy producer. He does it scoring, rebounding, and assisting. He's not just relying on scoring. And he is one of the highest usage guys on the slate when he's active. If he does not play, now, I'm going to look for some confirmation for this before I, you know, just say that he's not going to play. Like like I said, if he's playing, get him into your lineup, like, easily. If he does not play, Darlin Stone Dubar was the beneficiary last game. He had 32 fantasy points. So um, if Estrada, if we get news that he's not playing, Dubar is going to be the guy to pivot to, and it's a really easy pivot in my opinion. Now, for the 6K range of guards, Ryan Larson of Charleston has excelled in close games, and this one is expected to be close. He has hit four times value five times this season, so I think he's a really consistent, solid option there for Charleston. 
Isaac McBride of Oral Roberts has been over 28 fantasy points three times this season, and he's another guy like Larson that sees much more production in close games. So if you think this one turns into a blowout for Oral Roberts, he might not be the guy to play. However, if you think, like I do, that it's going to be a high-scoring close game, he is a guy to definitely look out for. Now, the value guards below $6,000. Carlos Jurgens of Oral Roberts has plenty of upside. He's been over 30 fantasy points three times this season. If you're game stacking or if you're just looking to create a lineup that has a lot of upside, he's a guy to get into your lineup. Now, the Carolina transfer, Andrew Playtech of Siena, which feels like this guy's been in college forever. He has two recent crappy games or else his price would be much higher. I think he has the potential to bounce back in this one. Sienna is supposed to beat St. Bonaventure in this game. So I think the Andrew Playtech is definitely worth a look at his price tag. Linton Brown of Coastal Carolina is the ultimate GPP play. He has three games over 25 fantasy points, but they've all been games where his team scored over 80. So if you think that Coastal can get to 80 in this one, which, I mean, they're implied 70, so it's a possibility, uh, he is the guy to look out for. And then a punt play, Antonio Day of Coastal Carolina is $3,100. He's played in one game this season, their most recent game, and had 11.5 fantasy points in 17 minutes. So that's over three times value, almost four times value. And he only played 17 minutes, and they might be kind of ramping him up. I can't really find a whole lot of um, you know news or data on this one, but just a guy to keep out for at $3,100, Antonio Day of Coastal Carolina. All right, now let's flip on over to the forwards. Looking at the forward position, the top option, and deservedly so, is Essam Mustafa of Coastal Carolina. His only two bad games this season have been in blowout losses. Other than that, he's been outstanding, and he is definitely the top option at the forward position. Now, looking at the board, neither Siena nor St. Bonaventure are very big. They don't really, you know, feature guys that are that tall or that big. I just... You know, so there's not really a situation where we have one guy who's just going to take advantage of a size mismatch or anything like that. I think the guy, the big to look out for in this game is Jackson Stormo of Siena. He's starting to be used more on offense and has 30 fantasy points in three straight. So he definitely has the potential to keep that streak rolling against the Bonnies tonight. Now, an Oral Roberts guy that's going to be a very popular play is going to be Connor Vanover. His only bad games occur when he gets in foul trouble or in blowouts. And I don't think that there's a reason for him to get in foul trouble tonight. And I don't think that this one's going to turn into a blowout. He's priced pretty far down the board, but he's actually second among forwards on this slate in terms of fantasy points per game. So I think that he's definitely a guy who's going to be popular, especially if people game stack the Oral Roberts game. And I think it's like, like I said about Max Acemas, it's going to be popular for a good reason. So I think he's a guy to definitely that I'm probably going to be putting into my lineups tonight. Now, Russell Chewa is a guy that I've hyped up for here on the podcast and on my articles on Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks for the past two weeks, but he's priced at $1,300 more now than he was last Monday. And so last Monday, I thought he was a lock, like he was a super value last Monday, but now I think he's priced much more appropriately I think that it's going to be tough for him to get more than four times value. And so I think he's a good player. I think he's a good option, but I wish he was priced back where he was last Monday. Now for the sub 6K range, four forwards, uh, Barry Evans of St. Bonaventure has been really solid in non-blowout games, so he's definitely got to look out for. Raekwon Horton of Charleston is probably the most consistent forward below $6,000. He's the guy that if you're playing cash games, he's going to give you that floor for um, the price tag. 
Keyshawn Bryant of South Florida is another guy that I've mentioned here on the podcast before. He's kind of ramping up from a return from injury. He was great at the start of the season before he got hurt. And he's kind of seeing his minutes and his production start to creep back up to where they were before that injury. And if they get there, he's going to really blow away his price tag. Bobacar Fay or Babacar Fay, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm gonna go Bobacar. Bobacar Fay of Charleston is an intriguing GPP option. If you look at his game log, he's very boom or bust. And there's not really a super predictable pattern to it. So this Charleston and Coastal Carolina game should be decently high scoring. So I think that he's probably definitely worth a look, especially if you're playing GPPs. And then Patrick Mwamba of Oral Roberts is the blowout king. If you are planning on this Oral Roberts game being a blowout, then he is the guy that you want in your lineup. He excels in blowout wins. And then the last guy, almost a punt play that I like, is Nelson Bochi Edom of Hofstra. So he is a Davidson transfer, and he was at Davidson last year. He was, oh gosh, what was the guy's name? Luka Brykovich, that was his name. Luka Brykovich, he was the A-10 player of the year. Bochi Edom was his backup, and it looked like heading into the season, it was going to be his spot at Davidson, but he transferred to Hofstra. And so he is a super intriguing option to me because he has hit five times value four times this season. So any guy or anytime a guy can get to five times value, that's going to be good for us in daily fantasy. And he has done that multiple times this season, four times in fact. So I think he's definitely an intriguing option. All right. So that does it for talking about the forwards. In terms of building out a lineup, I think this is the night where you want to pay up at the guard position. And so when you pay up at the guard position, you're going to have to plug in some of those values at guard and forward as well. But I think that there's enough high-priced guards that I want in my lineup tonight that I can figure out the values elsewhere. I'm definitely wanting to play Acemas. I definitely think that game stacking is a viable strategy as well. But like I said, this is the night to pay up for your guards. All right, so that does it for this college basketball episode, y'all. So it should be a very intriguing night of mid-majors in action tonight. Um, I don't know how many of them I'll be able to watch because I am intrigued by the Monday night football game tonight, but we'll see. Anyway, that does it for this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully I gave you plenty of names that you can get into or out of your lineups tonight. If you want to see my full DFS picks, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And that'll do it, y'all. Thank you guys for listening. Good luck tonight, and I will see y'all next time.